Welcome to our podcast for generations in family business, past, present, and future. Our hosts for this podcast are myself, Tim Schuster, and I'm a manager in the Center for Family Business Excellence. And our other host with us today is... Hey, how are you? I'm Matt Kersner, and I'm the senior manager for uh, the Center for Family Business Excellence. Matt, it's a pleasure, as always, to record with you again, sir. Thanks, Tim. Always a pleasure. (laughs) So we are now starting a new series in our podcast show, delving into, you know, a model for human resource management. Uh, The goal for today's podcast is to give everyone a flavor of what we'll be discussing over over the next series. So Matt, what is a model for human resource management? Yeah, so thanks Tim. It's it really builds the foundation for an HR department within an organization. It could be, you know, if you have a department of 1 or if you have a department of 20 or you're a CFO and you are also wearing the hat of HR, the model really is there's like four prong approach, four things you really need to think about. Mm-hmm. And it's how do you get talent, right? Mm-hmm. So the recruitment, retention, right? It's really acquiring human resources. That's the first pillar that we'll get into as we break that of down. Of course, absolutely. The second one is once you have your resources, how do you reward them? How do you reward and recognize them? Mm-hmm. And at, when we get into that, I'll talk a little bit how you could reward somebody, but you have to give recognition, but you can give recognition without a reward, sure. right? But once you have employees, how do you reward them? How do you motivate them, mm-hmm. right? How do you keep them? The third one is... How do you develop them? How do you keep them growing? How do you, you know, it's called developing human resources. What's the path of progression for employees to keep them engaged in the workforce, mm-hmm. right? The worst thing you could do is hire somebody, give them performance feedback, but then they leave because you're not developing them or helping them reach their full potential. Hey, that makes sense. And then the last one is how do you maintain and protect your human resources? And that's all about policies and procedures and really putting together, you know, making sure you have your handbook, your orientation information, how do you onboard people so they understand, I call it the rules of the game, working for the organization. (laughs) Yeah, 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 of course, of course. Get everything laid out for everyone to know. So why don't we just high level, everything today for this podcast is just super high level, we'll delve into the weeds further along, but let's discuss kind of external and internal environmental influences. Yeah, so it's great. So when you're dealing with the model, any model, but with the model of human resources, really the external environmental influences and internal environmental influences, those are kind of like the variables that impact those four areas that we just talked about. So an external environmental influence could be, one, the government, right? The laws. Dictates everything. You got it, right? (laughs) So whatever the laws state, we have to follow those. So we might want to hire somebody, but the rules of the game might be you have to make sure that you have a nice diverse slate of candidates, right? And make sure you're hiring the right person, right? And, And so that's really important. So the external environmental influences, as I just said, the government could be one. Yep. Another one could be third-party representation, a union, yep, yep. right? Having a collective bargaining agreement, you can't just, they're not employees at will. You have to have a CBA. Go through A, B, and C you got it. to make sure. Yeah, yep. you got to follow it. You're in a union, and you got that. So another external environmental influence might be a union. Makes sense. Uh, politics might come into play, right? Local politics of if you want to do something in your community, how do politicians or other people in the community impact how you do business or how you recruit or how you recognize and reward your employees is another external Mm -hmm. influence. So when we talk about that, that's another piece. Internal environmental influences, this gets into one company's policies and procedures, right? So when you're developing the manual, right? The policy manual, right? 
the handbook and then the meat of the policies behind it. You know, having the right job descriptions, job analysis is going to drive how you recruit, maintain, reward, do performance management. So that's one. Office politics is another in, internal environmental influence that could come in, right? How people interact in the workplace. The X factor that could be there at work. Exactly, <laughs> right? So those are the internal environmental influence. How do you promote from within versus going out? How does that work? Succession planning is what I call internal environmental influences. You might have all these right things, acquiring, rewarding, developing, maintaining, but if you don't have internal processes to help people grow within the organization, this means nothing. Of course. So that's the internal environmental influences that impact the model. That makes sense. So now there's a fourth pillar kind of approach to this next thing, but again, keeping it as high level as we can, uh, what about the human resource process? Uh, you know, kind of let's just discuss that just high level just so our guests will kind of see what they'll be looking forward to as we. Sure. So, you know, so when we get into each of these and we start mm -hmm. breaking these down, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about how do you recruit, right? What, what, what's a great methodology to use when you're trying to attract great talent? Um, you know, with unemployment being so low these days, you know, it's not easy because people are working, right? So yeah, you have to, yeah. And, you know, when people are looking for jobs, it's almost like you want to look for people who aren't looking for work, yeah. right? So we're going <laughs> to get... it's hard to find. That's right. So we're going to get into a methodology. I'll share my methodology. We could look at some other methodologies about what is the right way to acquire and find the right fit, specifically when you're working with family-owned businesses, tightly held businesses, you know, you want to make sure that the people that you're looking for within the organization, specifically executives, have a good cultural fit to the organization. So we'll get into the acquiring. Mm -hmm. Rewarding, as I mentioned earlier, big difference. I can say, Tim, you did a great job. You know, the work that you did on this project, you did the following, X, Y, and Z, and this is the impact it had to the organization. No monetary value. I didn't have to give you any monetary. But I feel good. But you feel good. I do. I feel right? good about that. I call right? it the emotional bank account. We just made a deposit in that. But if I was to give you a bonus or a cash reward or a gift card, something that has a mon even if I take you out to dinner or lunch that has a monetary value, you know, you have to make sure there's recognition with that. Because if you give a reward without the recognition, you're missing a piece. Yeah, that makes sense. So we'll get into that part, right? There's a whole, again, methodology of how you do performance management mm -hmm. to make people really perform at their highest level. Mm -hmm. And the next one is developing human resources. So this is like, where are you current state? Where do you want to go future state in your career? Your own personal path of progression. I always tell people, don't take the super highway. Take the back roads, take the scenic route, and learn your craft. Mm -hmm. One I always say individuals should have their own goals and developmental plan, but really how do you work with your supervisor, your manager, your leader within the organization to really use the resources within the organization as well as opportunities bigger and broader to make an impact for the organization but outside to develop yourself. It's like communication is the ultimate key right there. Yeah. You know, with every member on the team just to make sure you're kind of going into that same general direction. Yeah, mm -hmm. that communication is a great word I look at it as communicating what's right for the organization and what's right for you as an individual and how does that work to really develop yourself. That makes sense. Keeping right? everyone in line. Keeping everyone in line. <laughs> and then the last one is very critical, and this is maintaining and protecting your folks and, and your human resources, your, the, the employees that work for you. So this is really taking a look at org charts, job descriptions, policies and procedures, re-looking at all of the uh, fringe benefits that go into maintaining and protecting yourself. I always say, we always want our employees to go home 
as safe as they came into work. So that is both physical and mental, right? Yeah. So it's it's it really important to make sure that you have proper policies and procedures in place. And that's really the four-pronged approach. Makes sense. Yeah. So now let's kind of wrap this up and look at this as kind of like the last the last leg of this. Sure. And let's discuss kind of the desirable end results. I know there's three prongs to that as well, but sure. just as high level as we can. Sure. So, you know, when it comes to the model of human resource management, the, the end result here is as an organization, we want to have a socially responsible and ethical practices within our workplace. We want to make sure people, any organization, right? Not just the, the organization of Eisner Amper, and mm -hmm. I think we do a great job at this, but organizations really need to say, how do we treat our employees and how do they treat us? I always say, if you take care of your internal customer, they'll take care of the external Makes customer. Makes sense, right? Internal first. Internal <laughs> first, take care mm -hmm. of your employees. They will take care of your bottom line and your customers. And that is reflecting how you want your workforce to act socially, internally and externally. Makes sense. The next one is competitive, high quality products. If you hire talent, reward them and, or recognize them and reward them, motivate them to, to be their best, develop them not only in the path of where they want to go, but give them the skills, knowledge and ability and the tools to do their job and they'll produce high quality product. Mm -hmm. I truly believe that. And then the last one is competitive high quality services. No different. We want to hire the best. We want to train them. We want to give them the cultural understanding of our organization, our mission, vision, and values like we talked about. Yep, yep, yep. And then let them do their job, right? Let them go out and do their job and produce for the organization. Giving them the tools is going to make them competitive and really produce quality services. Makes sense. I love it. I think it's great. This is going to be a fun series for yeah. us to record here, Matt. Yeah. Matt, thank you again. I really appreciate it. And thank you for listening to Generations in Family Business, Past, Present, and Future, as part of the Eisner Amper podcast series. If you have any questions or there's a topic you'd like us to cover, email us at contact at EisnerAmper.com. Visit EisnerAmper.com for more information on this and a host of other topics. We look forward to have you listening on our next Eisner Amper series.